Hey, I'm Pastor Jeff Dawes, lead pastor here at Stockbridge Community Church. I just want to say thank you for joining us here online. It is our prayer today that today's message would be helpful and meaningful to your life. If you're in the South Atlanta area, I would personally like to invite you to come to one of our three services on Sunday at 9 a.m., 10.30 a.m., and 12 p.m. We're located at 4401 Highway 155 North in Stockbridge, Georgia. You may visit our website for more information at sccview.net. Again, that's sccview.net. Thanks again for listening. I hope that you have a wonderful day. Well, good morning, everybody. It is so good to see you today. We're so glad that you are here today. Can I just say before I start anything, how glad I am to be your pastor. Can I just say, have I told you lately that I love you? I just want you to know that. I, 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 don't, I, just, I don't know. I just, I just want you to know that I never take for granted being privileged to be called your pastor. I, don't, I, don't, I just want to say that, and I, that I do love you. Today we're going to talk about uh, having peace in your home. Now, let me ask you a question. How many of you, maybe not necessarily your home, but maybe how many of you could use a little bit more peace in your life? Let me see your hands. Okay, good. That's about 80% of us here today, so good. And those of you that got all the peace you need, just rub up against somebody and give us some, all right? Now, we need it. I want to jump right into this because Jesus goes right into this and, and he just lays it out. Look what Jesus says in Matthew 5 and 9. He says, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called the what? Children of God. They'll be called the children of God. Now notice, it's important to notice what Jesus said and what he didn't say. Jesus said, he said, blessed are the peacemakers, but he didn't say, blessed are the uh, peacekeepers. There's a big difference between a peacemaker and a peacekeeper. And I say that because we have that clip of dodgeball. How many of you have ever played a game of dodgeball? Let me see your hands. Okay, that is the majority of us. Uh, Listen, if you've never played right after church, we're going to have a match right in the parking lot. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. Dodgeball is one of those things to where the ball is the it that is coming at you, and the goal is to avoid it, dodge it, whatever you got to do to get out of the way. You see, to avoid it. And then the the thing about dodgeball is this, is that not only is it to avoid it, but it's also to get the ball back up and throw it, right? And peg somebody else with it so that they can be out. And many times at our homes, we play dodgeball because we try to be, the peacekeepers try to be, keep peace by avoiding the issues in our homes and in our relationships, dodging the issues, and other people try to keep peace by just hurling insults and hurling things at other people so they don't have to hear what they have to say. And so we have to learn to quit playing the game in our homes and in our lives if we're going to get better. And so today, that's what I want to talk to you about. Uh, matter of fact, uh, Romans says it this way. Paul wrote this, look what he says. He says, we do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. If it is possible, as far as it depends on who? On you. As it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Now, let's just read this last sentence together because I think this would help us all out. Look what it says. Let's read it together. You ready? 
Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with... That's it right there. Overcome evil with good. Learning to do that changes our culture, changes our community, it changes our families if we learn to do that. So, today I want to give you three things that I think that peacemakers do. Again, we've got to quit playing dodgeball. We've got to quit avoiding it, we've got to quit dodging it, and we have to address it. And we can't just be throwing things, uh, you know, insults at people and expecting to get better. So the first thing I'd like for you to do today is write this down, and that is this, write this down. The first thing that peacemakers do is tell the truth in love. Tell the truth in love. As you write that down, again, Paul addresses this. The guy in the Bible that God inspired to write the majority of the New Testament, he wrote this. Look what he says in Ephesians 4 and 15. He says, we will speak the truth in what? In love. Growing in every way, more and more like who? Like Christ. So when you speak the truth in love, you're growing more and more like Christ. Now there is a difference. I just want you to know, there is a difference in speaking the truth in love or telling the truth in love and yelling the truth in love, right? You know, like... Maybe somebody in your home doesn't pick up their clothes like they should. You know, and maybe you have told them that, you know. But here's the deal. When you say, I've told you a thousand times, get your clothes up by the floor. You never pick your clothes up. You're a slob. Some of you just had flashbacks of this morning, didn't you? <laughs> Let me just say this to you. When you yell the truth, you, you, you lose your audience. People that you're talking to, when you start yelling, tune you out. So they may be in the room, they may be present, you think they're listening, but they're not. As soon as you start yelling, you're no longer telling the truth in love, and therefore they've cut you off. And so we have to understand, how do you do this? How, how do you speak the truth in love? I'm going to give you a couple bullet points here, and that is this. Would you write this down? The first thing is this. Remember this when speaking the truth in love is choose the right time. Choose the right time. I cannot say how important this is. You know, when you tell someone something, if it's the wrong time, then, it, then it's going to harden their heart. But if you tell them in the right time, it's going to soften their heart and they're going to move into action and change. And so I would say this, that it is never, ever right. It's never right. To bring up an issue when, there's a he when everybody's already heated. You know, uh, just like the, the guy, that, uh, the lady that uh, went to her pastor one time said, you know, my husband and I can't get along. And so the, so the husband come in with her and, you know, they sat down and said, you know, we just want to talk. And, and he says, Pastor, I'll tell you the issue right now. The issue is this, is that every time my wife gets upset, she gets hyster historical. He said, no, 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 you mean hysterical, the pastor said. He said, no. He says, every time she gets mad, she brings up everything that's happened in the last 25 years. You can't get historical. In other words, when there's an issue, the time to deal with that issue is in peacetime. Now, I know, that, I know the thought there. The thought is that, you know, well, when there's peace, you don't want to bring something up because you want to enjoy peace, right? You think, you know, if there's peace, why would I bring this issue up? Because that'll start a fight. No, 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 no. I can tell you, listen, after 29 years of marriage, I can tell you this. Ron and I have resolved more issues when we were brave enough to bring it up during peacetime than in times of a battle. 
You know, because they come up then and nobody listens, right? But in peacetime, learn to speak the truth in love in peacetime. Now, look what the Proverbs said. Proverbs 12 and 18 says this. The words of the reckless, the words of the reckless pierce like sword. You read the last, uh, last part with me. You ready? Come on, let's read it together. Here we go. But the tongue of the wise brings, brings healing. Tongue of the wise brings healing. Timing is wisdom. If you want to be wise, learn the timing. Because it's the timing that brings the, it's the timing that opens up. So wisdom is timing, wisdom is timing, wisdom is timing, wisdom is timing. If you can get that inside of your heart and mind and remember that, then it's going to save you a lot of grief. Wisdom is timing. You have to choose the right time to do that. You have to choose the right time. Okay, so uh, it goes, matter of fact, you may have heard, this great theologian I heard one time by the name of Kenny Rogers said, you got to know when to hold them and when to. you got to know when to walk away and when to. you got to know. Never mind, we'll stop right there. Okay. There's a lot of wisdom in that, right? you got to know when to hold them and when to fold them. And that's it. You know, when you can learn to button up and when to speak up, that's, that's part of wisdom. That's becoming adults. That's part of growing up. Isn't it amazing in our confrontation how we act like children? Don't you look at me like that. Everyone... Every one of us has done this, right? I mean, you start doing, we start arguing like kids. But becoming an adult, maturing, growing up, is learning how to have adult conversation at the right time and the right way. It changes every, everything. Okay, the, the second bullet point is this, is attack the problem and not the person. Would you write that down? Attack the problem and not the person. After you write that down, I want you to look at me because I want to teach you a saying that I hope you will remember the rest of your life. You ready? I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to say it, and then I'm going to get you to repeat it with me. You ready? Here, here's the saying. Fix the problem and not the blame. Okay, now would you say that with me? You ready? Come on. Fix the problem and not the blame. Come on. Would you say that one more time a little bit louder? You ready? Come on. Fix the problem and not the blame. Fix the problem and not the blame. Okay, if we're going to learn how to be a peacemaker, we, we have to learn to fix the problem and not the blame. Attack the problem and not the person. You know, how does that play out? What does it look like? I'll tell you. Maybe in your family, somebody in your family uh, likes to spend money and you can never get the balance. You know, you're always trying to behind on your bills or whatever because they're always spending the money. And so maybe instead of saying, hey, you always spend the money. We can never have anything because you're always spending money. Remember, that's yelling the truth. Does it work? Maybe a suggestion would be this. to Say, why don't we go take the financial peace class that SEC is offering that we can get help? See what I'm talking about? Now, that's a little disarming when you start talking about we instead of you. Right? And when you say we instead of you. When you do that, then all of a sudden, it begins to help, calms nerve. And by the way, matter of fact, we're, we have a financial peace class that fits every, wherever you are in life. And on your back of your connection card, it'll be coming up in the fall. You can just sign up, said, uh, Financial Peace University, send me more information. If you just check that box, we'll send you some information. I want to tell you something on myself that really is embarrassing, and uh, I wish this didn't happen, but it has. You know, I, I'm, I was a person that, that, you know, I have very type A, and God's had to help me tweak that 
And so when, when Rhonda and I, you know, the first 10 or 15 years of our marriage, I always thought my job was to come up with solutions quickly. We talked a little bit about that last week. But it, it, it's, it's, I was overboard with it. And here's, like, here's an example of that. If Rhonda and I were in the car together and she were driving and we were to pull into Kroger and she were to go to park in the parking space, well, before she parked there, I'd say, well, well, why don't you go up there? There's one up there. I would always offer a better solution, always, always, always. It seemed like every idea that she had, I could think of something better to make it better. And, and so one day, I never will forget it, I can take you back to where I was standing, and she said to me one day, something like that had happened, and she looked at me and she said, Jeff, when you do that, you make me feel little. Man, you could have took my heart out and just thrown it on the ground and stomped on it, and I wouldn't have felt any worse. There's no telling how many times she has said to me, don't do that to me, I don't like it when you do that. I never heard it. But when she said, you make me feel little, I thought she was going to say, you make me feel like a natural woman. She didn't. <laughs> she said, you make me feel little. And I want you to know that happened years ago, but I want to tell you what we learned about that. Revealing your feelings is the beginning of healing. Did you hear that? When you reveal how you feel, you can heal. Until she told me, until she got it out, until she said that, I didn't know I was making her feel that way. I mean, I'm sure she said, I wish you wouldn't do that, blah, blah, blah. But when she told me, when she revealed how she felt, revealing your feelings is the beginning of healing. And I just want to say that today we have to learn how to do that. Okay, so what I'd like to do is on the back of your connection card, I'd like to offer you a next step. I'd like for you to check because we pray over these and we want to pray for you. And it says, I will stop avoiding it and start speaking to it in love. Remember we talked about the it? Whatever the issue in your house is, it keeps you from having peace. And that was one of the things, like I just shared with you, what I did to Rhonda, that was one of the things that she had avoided it all this time, dodged it. And then when she brought it up, I probably, you know, I probably hurled something at it. And therefore, we never solved it. But we decided to stop playing the game in our home and get over it and work through it. Okay? All right. Are you getting anything out of this? Oh, there's three of you. Okay, well, I guess I'll keep on. Okay, I got about 20 more minutes, so hey, endure. <laughs> Number two. You ready? Apologize when wrong. Apologize when wrong. I'm going to let you write that down because uh, I think I have something here that will help you. What in the, I've asked myself this question, and I think I figured it out. What in the world is it that keeps us from apologizing? What is, it? What is that? Pride, yeah, that's a good answer. But you know, you know what I think that goes right along with that pride is this. Is this what, how are they going to respond? If I tell you I'm sorry for something, and I apologize for something, 
Are you going to ever let me live it down? You see what I'm talking about? My fear of your response is what keeps me from apologizing when I should. Is, is how is that? And, and let me just tell you one more nugget right here. You ready? Everything that you want in life is on the other side of your fear. Just a thought. And so it's our fear that keeps us from wanting to apologize. And fear, fear is crippling, right? I mean, fear will keep peace from your home. We're talking about how to have peace. It reminds me of a story that I read about uh, of, a, of a man and a woman who had, had been married for, you know, 25 years. And, uh, you know, they would go through the same routine. Every night they'd get ready for bed. They'd get in bed, you know, would get uh, all the covers up just right. And, 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 and he would doze off and just start into that first realm of sleep. And his wife would go, Bob, 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 elbow right into Bob's eye. What, what, what is it? What is it? I hear something. He said, oh, no, no, you don't hear anything. So he tried to go back to He feel Bob, Bob, Bob. What, what is it? I hear something. So nothing would do until he gets up out of the bed, puts his robe on, slides his slippers on, goes downstairs and check everything out, and to find that there's nothing there, comes back and say, honey, I've looked everywhere. There's nothing there. Everything's okay. And then finally she would go to sleep. He said, for 25 years he did this. He said, and sure enough, you know, they go to sleep, and here it goes again. Bob, Bob, Bob. Like, what, honey? I hear something. No, you don't, honey. Go to sleep. It's okay. Bob, Bob, Bob. Ah! He gets up, throws the covers back, puts his robe on, puts his slippers on, goes downstairs, and sure enough, there is a burglar in the house, in their house. And the burglar has, has, has gotten a lot of stuff. He's about to walk out the door. And there, Bob and the burglar meet face to face. And the guy's about to go out the door. And Bob says, hey, wait, 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 wait a minute. Don't leave yet. The burglar looks at him and says, what do you mean don't leave yet? He said, listen, my wife has been expecting you for 25 years. Would you come upstairs and meet her? <laughs> Fear will rob you of peace. It will rob you of peace. Now, what I want to say about apologizing is that, now, you've got to hear this part, okay? If you will hear this part, it will help you. Remember, I want to help you. My name is Jeff. I'm your friend. Anytime that you give an apology and you say yes, you say this, I'm sorry for, but. I'm, I'm sorry for hurting your feelings, but you shouldn't be such a big baby. I'm sorry for doing this, but you, anytime you show your butt, <laughs> maybe I shouldn't say it that way, but anytime that you've, you put the word but in there, here's what I want you to know, you just erased everything that was said before but. Did you hear what I'm saying? You, say, you apologize, and then you go into the but. Well, as soon as you say but, the apology is erased. It didn't happen. You got in the person's mind, it did not happen. You still did not apologize when you put but in there. So remember that. Never, never say, I'm sorry, but. Don't do that. The scripture teaches us how to do this. Matter of fact, let me tell you one more thing before I give you the verse. There is a difference between remorse and repentance. I put this on your outline. Remorse is saying, I am sorry because I got what? I got caught. Okay, let me ask you. Okay, we're going to have a little confession right here. You ready? Is there anybody in this room that has ever got pulled over besides me for a traffic violation? Let me see your hand. Okay, thank you for your honesty. God bless you, okay? The rest of you that didn't raise your hand, you did. Watch it. 
Just kidding. What I want to tell you is this, is that every time that those blue lights go on behind me, I'm very remorseful. <laughs> every time. You ladies, listen, listen ladies, you listen to me. You know you are too. You start crying. You ain't cried in 10 years, but those light and that officer comes up and you got this tear rolling down your eye. We know better than that. But it still works, doesn't it? Never mind, I'll just say that. But what I want to tell you is that I have been pulled over before for speeding. I have. Maybe once in my life. Maybe twice. We'll leave it there. But what I can tell you is this, is that like many of you, I was remorseful every time those, those blue lights went off, you know, behind me. I was remorseful and sorry that I got caught. But I can tell you this, that if you're following me to Macon, Georgia on 75, the speed limit is 70 miles an hour. I have been told as long as I don't do 80, I'll be okay. So I set my, my cruise control on 75, not 70. It didn't teach me anything, did it? I mean, I'm still speeding. I'm, and, and if those blue lights go, I'll go, oh, man, well, I can't believe that. I'm remorseful because I got caught. Not because of what I've done, because I go back and do it again. Now, don't you look at me like that. You're going, oh, how dare you do that? <laughs> yeah. But repentance is right the opposite. Look what repentance is. Repentance is asking someone to forgive you for sinning against them with the intention of never what? Repeating that sin again. And if you do something wrong against someone, you are sinning against them. James 5.16 tells us what to do. I want you to get your pen out. I want to help you right here. You ready? James 5.16, would you write this down? All right, let's, why don't you do this? Let's read the first phrase that's underlined, and then we'll write on top of it. You ready? Here we go. Let's say it together. You ready? Confess your sins. Would you just write a number one over that? Number one, okay. Confess your sins. Confess your sins to each other. And then what's the next phrase that's underlined? Say, let's read out loud. You ready? Here we go. Pray for each other. Would you just write a number two over that? Okay, there you go. Number two. So that, and then let's read the last phrase that's underlined together. You ready? Here we go. You may be, okay, write a three over that. It's one, two, three. That's the way you do it. Here's what you do, look. You confess, you confess, we pray, and God heals. It's spiritual. You understand that, right? Listen, in other words, you confess, you confess. You don't ask them to confess. You confess, you confess, we pray, and God heals. I can tell you this, that there's something about that when we come together and I pray with whoever I have offended and I say, I'm sorry, I was wrong, and we pray, and then God, does a, God takes down the walls that you cannot take down. You can say, I'm sorry, a trillion times, it's not going to take down the wall. But when you join hands, it's spiritual, and you pray, God takes down the walls. The best thing that some of you could do at home with your with your spouse or with your children or with your parents is you say, I'm sorry, and you hold their hand and you pray. And then you watch God heal. Some of you have just stopped by saying, I'm sorry. You haven't taken the other two steps. When you take the other two steps, healing comes. It's spiritual. It's spiritual. That's good stuff, isn't it? That's why every night I pray over Rhonda, every night. You know why? Every night I go to bed with a clean slate. Every night. I do. You know, you've heard me talk about that. We just talked about it last week. But I reach over every night and, and hold her hand and, and just say, God bless this great, mighty, awesome, 
beautiful. Oh, I just got to stop right there. Woman. Okay. Hey, you know, I was born at night, but it wasn't last night. Okay, so on your connection card, here's the next step to take. I will practice repentance by asking those that I offended to forgive me. The reason we're doing why? Because we have to stop it. Dodgeball. We, we can't quit. We can't, we can't keep avoiding it, dodging it. We have to address it. And until I confess it, I'm not addressing it. We have to stop playing the game. Stop playing the game. Okay. Number three. The third thing that peacemakers do. Would you write this down? Forgive and let go. Would you write that down? Forgive and let go. The Bible says this in Colossians 3 and 13. Again, Paul writing here. Look what he says. He says, bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you have grievances against someone, let's read what's underlined together. You ready? Come on, let's read this last part. Here we go. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. Now, this is what I want to say. How many of you have ever, let me just say, how many of you have ever had someone say to you, you are just like your mother, you're just like your father? Anybody ever said that? Okay, yeah, yeah. Now, we're not going to ask in the context that they said that, right? Because most times it's in a negative way. But what I want to say to you is this, is that when you forgive, when you forgive someone, people look at you and say, you're just like your heavenly father. You resemble, you resemble your heavenly father when you forgive. If you would say, you know what, I want to be like Jesus, then you forgive people. And when you forgive people, then you're more like your heavenly father. But that's, that's a little easier said than done. Would you agree with that? So I want to walk you through some steps that I think will help you do that, all right? So let me say this before I go any further. Listen to this. Many people come to me all the time and say, Pastor Jeff, I try to forgive people, but I can't forget it. Let me just tell you this. Forgiveness is not forgetting. If you could forget it, you wouldn't need to forgive it. Right? If I never thought about it again, then why? I wouldn't need to forgive it, right? It's the a, it's a process that I can't get it out of my brain that I need forgiveness. Would you agree with that? That's why we need to forgive. And so, here's the first bullet. Would you write this down? The first thing I would say is let it out. Let it out. Let it out. You have to tell someone when they've offended. Quit avoiding it. Quit dodging it. You have to let someone know that they've offended you. Many of you have, have an it in your family right now. Maybe you're married or maybe, you're, maybe you're, it's with your parents or maybe it's with your child. But you have an it right now. And the reason you have the it is because they don't know what they don't know. You see, you're mad at them, and you think, you know, they know what they did to me. They don't know what they did to you. You haven't told them. They don't know what they don't know. For, you know, for 12 or 14 years, Rhonda never told me how this made her feel. When people don't know what they don't know, you have to tell them what they don't know. And so there's people right now, there's people, and you, many of you sitting in this room right now, you've got an it in your heart, you've got, you're angry, and the person doesn't even know it because you haven't told about it. They don't know it because you haven't told about it. Here's what I want you to know. You can't work it out until you get it out. Did you hear that? You, you, can't, you can't work it out until you get it out. 
And you have to get it out. Well, they know. They know. No, they don't. How many times have I heard people say that? Well, well they know what they did. They, they don't know. They don't know. Okay, the next bullet point is this. Is let go. Let it go. Let it go. You see, you're going to keep playing dodgeball. Avoiding it. Dodging it. Hurling it. Until you let it go. You say, well, how do I know I let it go? Well, remember we said dodgeball is not only balls coming at you, but also it's getting the ball and firing it back at somebody, right? In other words, you tried to hit me. No, I avoided that. Now I'm going to peg you. People out here just got scared to death. They hope oh, my God, he's going to hit me with the ball. This Catholic went, oh, Jesus. You see, you say, well, how do I know that I'm doing that? Here's it. Because you want to get even with them. Now, I know some of you people here, you're good people. You're like, well, I, I don't want to get it. I'm not, you know, planning how I can get even with all. No, maybe you're not to that point. But you're not wishing them well, are you? You hope their kids sort of screw up, don't you? <laughs> don't you? I mean, come on, be honest about it. You hope they have marriage problems, don't you? You hope they lose their job, don't you? Yeah, I mean, I'm just saying that it's wanting to get even in. It's right here. It's right here. It's wanting to get even. I want bad to come their way. And as long as you're doing that, you, you've got the ball in your hand, and you can never get over it. You will never let it go as long as you want to get even. You'll never let it go. Okay. On the screen, this may be one you want to take a screenshot of. You can pull your phone out if you like and post this on Facebook because you're going to help thousands of other people if you do this. Here it is. You see it on the screen? It says this. You will never get peace if you have to get even. Good grief. By the way, if you post that, tag me in it. I want to see it. Because it's going to help so many people. It's helping you right now. You're never going to get peace if you've got to get even. If you have to get even. Some of you right now, your marriage is never going to get better because you secretly want to get them back. You want them to fail. As, as a teenager, it's never going to get better because you want your parents to fail. You want your friends to fail. And as long as you do that, it's never, you're never going to have peace. You're never going to have peace. Now, the next one is this. Write this down. Change the channel. Change the channel. Boy, this is so good. Good grief. Woo, this is going to be good. I'm, you're you're going to get freedom just in a second. Watch this. I wrote this down because I, I did not want you to ever forget this. I hope you'll keep the outline. Look what it says. Change the channel. Remember what God has done what? For you. Instead of what someone else has what? How does that work? Here it goes. You see, I said you can't forget it. Remember that? You can't forget it. Isn't it amazing how that you think you forgot it, and then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, a song comes on the radio, or the air changes, or the temperature changes, and all of a sudden, you're reminded of what somebody did to you. Anybody, you know what I'm talking about? Does that only happen to me? I mean, I'm minding my own business, and bam! And I go, Did Anybody else? You know what I'm talking about? Are you getting it? And just out of nowhere, you think you're over that, and it just pops up in your brain. Here's what I want to tell you. Here's how you handle that. Whenever you start remembering that, 
as soon as that trigger comes in your brain about what someone has done to you and wronged you, in order to get over that, you have to begin to remember what God has done for you. So here's how it works. When that thought comes in and you're tempted to get angry again and feel that sick feeling in your stomach, that anger, you begin to say, God, I remember that you saved me. God, I remember that you provided for me. God, every meal I've had, you've given to me. God, you gave me a good family. God, you blessed me with a home with a roof over my head. You gave me an automobile to drive, oh God. You gave me the clothes on my back, God. You have delivered me. You gave me a wonderful church to attend. You have blessed me, God. I am blessed because of you. Amen. So there, guess what? That devil, when he fires that dart, he will never fire a dart that's going to trigger praise to God. And so the more you praise God when that happens, the less that's going to fire because he doesn't want you to give glory to God. Change the channel. Don't ag me on too much. We'll be here all day. Man, isn't that good? I mean, isn't that, isn't that good? Whew. All right. One more thing I got to tell you. I got a sweat on top of my head. I'm sorry. <laughs> Woo. Here's what I want you to know. Peace comes when I share my brokenness with God. Now listen, we, many of you are sitting here today with a broken heart because something's happened. So before you, you, you know, I said get it out. Well, I'm going to tell you, the first thing you do is you vent vertical. Vent vertical. Before you go to somebody, you vent vertical. Tell God you're brokenhearted. Psalm 34, 18, one of my favorite passages. Look what it says. The Lord is what? Get that, he's close. Look who God's close to. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted, and he saves those that are what? God is close. Crushed in spirit means loss of hope. I want to tell you this today. Many of you, something's happened, it's broke your heart, and you feel like God's a million miles away. I want to tell you that God is closer to you than anybody else today. I've asked Kelly to come and sing this song that sort of says it better than I can. So would you just listen to the words as she sings this song? Would you stand with me now? I want to pray for you today. <clears throat> listen, today I just want to say this before I pray. If you're not a Christ follower, you can never have peace until you get to know the Prince of Peace. There's a prayer inside of your program that you can pray. And the only thing we ask you to do is check it on the back of your connection card. If you're praying that prayer today so we can pray for you this week. I want to pray for you. Would you bow your heads? Heavenly Father, today, God, we're in awe that you are close to us. You are here among us, oh God, and we just say thank you. God, today there's people here that are broken for different reasons. God, their heart is breaking. Lord, some are on the verge of divorce, and some have been through that, God. And there's some, Lord, that are, 
that are hurting because of finances, oh God, and there's some that are hurting because of, of a loved one passing. God, today I pray that you would reach down your hand, oh Lord, and you would let them know today that you're close, oh God. Lord, out of all the people in the world, you're close to us, oh God, you're close. And today I pray that the peace of God that passes all understanding today would guard our hearts and our minds through Christ Jesus. And today as we walk out of this building, oh Lord, that we would know that you are with us, oh God. And as long as God is for us, who can be against us? We pray today, Father, that you would protect every family. God, every single parent here, we pray for them, oh Lord, that you would give them the strength that they need. I ask you, Heavenly Father, for your anointing over us today that we would look to you and that we would see the Savior. In Jesus' name we pray. And the church said amen. You ready? One, two, three. Amen. Come on, say it again. Amen. One more time, a little louder. Amen. amen. Come on, let's give God a hand. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. You may be seated. Hi, this is Pastor Jeff again. I just want to say I hope you enjoyed today's message. If you would like to support God's work through Stockbridge Community Church, simply go to our website at secview.net. Again, that's secview.net and click the Give tab. We want to thank you again for being with us today. God bless you. Have a wonderful day.